truly is and what he does. Hallelujah. I just give honor to him. He's the head of my life. Amen. I thank God just for our pastors. Amen. I thank God for my beloved husband. Hallelujah. I thank God for our missionaries and Minister Thatton and our deacon, our armor bearers, everyone in their respectful places. Hallelujah, Lord. I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you. Hallelujah for how you move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and get in the word. Hallelujah, Lord. Just have your way. Do what it is that you want to do. Hallelujah. I'm moving out the way. Hallelujah. Um, the title of my message is, Is It Worth It? Hallelujah. And I'll be coming from Luke 14. Chapter 20, I'm sorry, Luke 14, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And the question, well, the message is, is it worth it? Because um, Tuesday morning, this past Tuesday morning, as um, I was on the way to the gym, I was just, I was burdened. I was sad, and I just began to think, and I just began to reflect, and I began to ask God, like, is it worth it? Like, is it worth following you? Is it worth giving up what I like, what I want to do? Is it worth it? Like, is it worth not leaning into my own plans or doing my own thing, following you? Like, is it worth it? Because sometimes... When we are following Jesus, we have to endure the suffering, and the persecution, and all of that that comes with just following him. And so I ask, and sometimes it's hard, and it hurts. And so I asked God, I said, is it worth it? And God took me back to what I read at 145 earlier that morning. So I get up at 430 almost every day, well, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to go to the gym. And so that same morning, earlier that morning, about 1.45, I woke up, and then I couldn't go back to sleep. And so then I just went to Luke. I said, well, um, let me just read over what Pastor spoke on this past Sunday, I said, because we, um, it's like, we have to know the word for ourselves. So I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to read it for myself. But I couldn't I couldn't remember the chapter. But I know that we, I knew that we were in the book of Luke. And so I just began, I think I started in chapter 13. And then I just began to read. And then I continued to read. And then when I read, when I came up on Luke 14, 25 through 33, and it talked about the cost of discipleship. And then, and, and fast forward, I ended up being able to go back to sleep. And then I woke up, and then, like I would just mentioned, with just burdens, just with sadness. And and I and I wore through all out the workout. And so, text me later on and asked me, was I okay? And I said it was just one of those mornings. I, but God always has an answer. And then immediately when I asked him, is it worth it? He took me back to Luke fourteen, chapter fourteen, starting at verse twenty five. And when I asked him, is it worth it? 
and he began to speak to me in those uh, in those verses in those again those verses talk about the cost of discipleship and he began in, in this way i at times he's loving and when he speaks to me it's kind of sweet and gentle but this this particular time he was direct because he wanted me to know directly like this is what this this is the cost of being my disciple this is the cost of following me hallelujah and so we begin at verse 25, and I'm going to read the first three verses, and then you all may be seated. And so Luke 14, 25 says that large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. You may be seated. And when I read the verses and when I read the Bible, I try to like imagine, envision what's happening here. And so I can see that it says that large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And I can see that Jesus is there traveling and then there's just a multitude of people. And I can just see as far as, as, as um, Jesus is passing by, people are just coming to the flock. They're just coming to see what is happening. And I can only imagine them being just intrigued by what, God, what, by what Jesus has, had been doing. So he had been performing miracles. He had been healing people. He had been teaching them. And so they wanted to see, and I can see the large crowd just wanted to see what Jesus had to necessarily offer. Hallelujah. And I know for some that that's kind of what draws us to to Jesus is the miracles and the wonders and, and the blessings and all of that. But Jesus stopped because he knew where he was headed and he was headed to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the place that he was going to be crucified. So he said, I, I have this multitude of people that are following me, but I want to stop. And I want to ask you all a question. And I want to ask you, do you really know what you're getting yourself into? Do you really know the cost of it, the cost to follow me? Hallelujah. Do you know the cost that is going to come with it? And so, yes, the miracles. Yes, the healing. Yes, the blessings. But do you know the cost? Because Jesus knew his purpose. He knew his purpose. He knew that where he was headed, he knew his purpose. He knew that he came on earth so therefore he can die for our sins. So he knew the cost of his life. So he wanted to stop and he wanted to, he wanted to ask the multitude of people, do you know the cost? Do you know truly why are you following me? Because there's going to be a point in time where it seems like the blessings have stopped. Hallelujah. Amen. That there's no healing going on. Amen. Amen. That there's no, and then it's like, what are you going to do? Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. What are you going to do? Are you going to fall off? Mm -hmm. Are you going to fall off or are you going to keep following me? Hallelujah. Does your purpose align up with his? Because he knew what he was doing. He knew where he was going. And so he's asking, does your purpose line up with his? Jesus wants us to know the cost of discipleship. 
And in those verses, he mentioned, he says, and it says that Jesus is calling us, the cost of discipleship, Jesus is calling for us to be the number one priority. He wants to be number one in our lives. The first commandment that God gave Moses states that we should have no other gods before him. He wants us to be the number one thing. And so we have to be committed. He wants to be the number one thing in our life, the number one priority, the one that we look to first and foremost. We have to be committed to him. Jesus, in these words, in, in those scriptures, Jesus let them know that they would have to hate their family. And I, when I read it, I was like, hey, not like we just finished the chapter about dangerous speech. I was like, dude, that's a little hard. But as you continue and as you define the word in the context, hate in this context is not to develop an intense dislike for your family. But it's, it is not an emotion, but it's rather a call to love Jesus more than you love your family. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying that we cannot love our family more than we love him. Because in that time, in the first century, in that time, family was very, was very much important. Family gave you security. It gave you status. Women wanted to have a child. They wanted, men wanted to have, leave an inheritance. Hallelujah. And I think often our duty, even that we have to our family, how, how we see about our mothers and our fathers and our children and how we would give up our lads to make sure that our children are good or that our family is good and how we would work and work just so we can provide for our family. Hallelujah. And we serve our family. We provide for our family. We make a lot of decisions that is based around our family. And the demands, on, the demands that our family put, us, put on us can distract us. And we will do anything for our family. So Jesus is asking. Jesus is saying that in order to follow me, that I have to come before your family. Hallelujah. That I have to be the number one priority in your life. Hallelujah. That you have to look to me first and foremost. Not your husband. Not your wife. Not your children. Not your mother. Not your father. To me first. Hallelujah. And then he tells us, not only do we hate our family, but our very own lives. So he says that we need to hate our family. And then better yet, he tells us that we need to hate our lives. It's realizing that when we hate our lives, our own lives is realizing that we have a new master. That Jesus is our master, not us. Hallelujah. That it is, no, it is realizing that we have a new master, that you no longer have a say-so over your life. That every move, that every decision that is not your decision anymore, that you are allowing God to move and tell you which way to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seeing that your life is not your own anymore. Hallelujah. That it belongs to God. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 6, 24 states that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. It says that you cannot serve God and money. So whatever, we can replace money, whatever that may be. You cannot serve God in your career. You cannot serve God and your family. You cannot serve God and the job or the relationship. God says that you cannot have two masters. And he's saying that you have to choose one. Hallelujah. You have to choose one. 
you're going to either love him and hate the other, or you're going to love the other and hate him. You can't be double-minded. Hallelujah. You got to pick a side. Hallelujah. You have to pick a side on today. God is saying that if you're, if you're choosing to follow him, you have to, you have to submit yourself to him on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus calls to follow him. A, a call to follow Jesus is the call to, aban to abandon all of the masters. Hallelujah. To abandon all of the masters. Anything that you're putting before God is a master. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the drinking, yeah. the yeah. drugs, yeah. the social media, the money, the family, the clothes. Whatever it is that you're putting before God is a master. And God is calling us to say you have to abandon all of those masters. And I have to be the first priority in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I can see how that is a cost because when we want to do what we want to do, it's like I, I can see how that costs because it's causing us to give up something. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it says that everything we know, everything we work for, everything we desire, all of our plans, God is calling for us to give up those things. And the thing about God is that when we give up those things, like he always replaces it with something better. Amen. Or he tells us that we didn't even need it in the first place. Amen. Hallelujah. Having the mindset, but not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. And then I begin to see as far as why we become um, emotionally unstable because we're trying to serve both. Hallelujah. One day we on Sundays we're trying to serve God, and during the week we're trying to be serving another master. And then we we see that there's no um, emotional stability there. Hallelujah. But God is saying that if you are wanting to be a disciple, if you're wanting to follow Him, that you are going to have to give it up. You're going to have to give up that master. He has to be the number one priority in your life. The number one priority in your life. You have to submit yourself to him. You have to die daily. Hallelujah. Giving up your wants and your desires. Everything that you have planned out from A to Z. God is saying you have to give that up. Hallelujah. In order to become a disciple. If you want to truly follow him. Amen. Amen. And then he tells us that in order to be a true follower, you have to carry your own cross. And so as I began, because I was like, what does God, what you mean that I have to carry my own cross? And as I began to study and dive deep into scripture to a person in the first century, the cross meant one thing and one thing only death by crucifixion. The Romans forced convicted criminals to carry their own crosses to the place of crucifixion. Bearing a cross meant one was about to die and that one would face ridicule, ridicule and disgrace along the way. To carry a cross was to face the most painful and humiliating means of death human beings could develop. One must die if they want to follow Jesus. You must die if you want to follow Jesus. Dying to our flesh daily. Surrendering to what pleases the flesh. Giving up the desires and the plans and the wants that we have for our lives and allowing Jesus and letting him be all that we need. God is saying that in this in, in following me in the cost of discipleship, that it's going to come with some suffering. It's going to come with some pain. It's going to come with some uncertainty. But you have to trust that I have your best interest at heart. You have to trust 
that I will leave you, that I would never leave you or forsake you. You have to trust me. Hallelujah. And that's why some it may be difficult because we don't want to give up. Because we don't know what's going to be next. We don't know what's on the other side, but that's when the faith comes in. That's when the faith that I trust in you, Jesus, that I don't even have to know what's on the other side. That I'm just walking and I'm believing that you're going to take care of me. Because I'm just, and if we just think about it, what will we, at the end of the day, what will we lose? You're just losing, you're letting the pride go because you're going to suffer regardless. Hallelujah. You're going to suffer regardless. So would you rather suffer with Jesus or would you rather suffer in the world? Because one thing about the world, they're going to do what they want to do with you and feed you to the wolves. The thing about Jesus is in your suffering, he's going to walk with you. Hallelujah. He's going to commune with you, Lord God. He's going to be there with you. He's going to comfort you. Lord God, he sends his comfort in the Holy Spirit. Lord God, to lead us and guide us in our walk. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. In verses 28 through 33 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. Saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose the king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose to the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other one is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. One thing about Jesus, he gives us a choice. And in those verses, he's asking for you to sit down and have a moment and say, is this really what you want to do? Hallelujah. So he will not force us because he's given us free will. But one thing he will let us know, the consequences and the rewards for the decisions that we make. And so when you think about building, you think about the cost of the material, the labor, the location, the layout, the height of the rooms, the wiring, the plumbing, the money. But we don't always think about because it's this house and that I'm building, it's going to look like this, but we don't always consider what could go wrong. Hallelujah. And then on this walk, if we don't consider it because we see the, the blessing and the healing and God does all of that. But he also wants to know that that being on this journey and following him comes with a price. Hallelujah. It comes with a cost. Amen. 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 And if you really want to follow me, I need you to know that following me is, is going to cause some people to walk away. Hallelujah. It's going to cause you to face some things that you don't want to face. It's going to cause for a loss of wealth. It's going to cause for some followers off of social media for not to fo- for, for them not to follow you. It's going to cause for social stat for you not to have social status. It's going to cause for people to look at you um, differently. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to cause for you to have to deal with your stuff. It's going to cause for you to have to deal with your sin. Hallelujah. It's going to cause for you to have to deep, allow God to deep root those things that's within your life and get them up out of there. It's going to cause for God to, to move. 
in your life. Hallelujah. This life is not going to be easy. You will have to give up the control. Hallelujah. And I know that that is for some, it, it is hard because we, again, like I said, we want things how we want things. We want to do things. Why God, why I can't do it this way? Why I can't go this way? Why can't I attend this school? Why can't I have, you know, this house and, oh, we we'll go to this church, whatever it may be. We want, we don't want to give up control. It's the control thing. It's the prideful thing that we don't want to give up. And, and God's saying that that's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your pride. Hallelujah. And that's something that we should be willing to give up because we know who the God that we serve, that we know that he has all power in his hands, that he knows all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when I think about it, it says that for you, you lay the foundation and not able to finish it. And so when I think about the foundation being laid, I think about when we have accepted Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. And salvation is free, but discipleship is costly. Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 9 through 10 states that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that Jesus raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. For it is with, it's with your heart that you believe and you are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and you are saved. And so that is the foundation. Hallelujah. That is the salvation that allowing God to come into your life and confessing that he is Lord. Hallelujah. But as I, when I think about my journey, I say it didn't stop just there. It, it was the work that I had to do. It was the sanctification. So when you build, when you're building a house and you lay the foundation, yes, that's the very, that's the important piece. You need a foundation for your home, but that's, that's not going to make, that's not going to complete. You still have to do the roof and the walls to complete the house. So when we give our lives to the Lord, that is, that is work to do after that. It's the sanctification process. Hallelujah. It's the digging deep. It's the allowing God to expose us of our sin. Hallelujah. It's the allowing God to just do bring us to a place that he desires us to be. It's allowing us to relinquish all control. Hallelujah that we have. Hallelujah. God wanted the people to understand that life is on life. Hallelujah. <laughs> That life is going to be life in. Hallelujah. That one day we wake up and we happen in the next day. You know, if we wake up and we're going to be and we're going to be saved. Hallelujah. And God wants to know that. But he doesn't want. He wants us to know the cost. That when we make our choice. And that when life starts life. That we won't leave and turn back. Hallelujah, because that's the very thing that the enemy wants us to do. He will allow, he will have a circumstance to take place in our lives. Hallelujah. He will have the circumstance to take place in our lives and allow us to allow the circumstance to be so much bigger than who he is just so we can turn back. And so his whole point, the enemy whole agenda is to get us to turn away from who God is. And he will use anything and everything to turn us again. So Jesus wants disciples to know that as you're walking this walk, as you're saying that you are going to follow me, 
as you're saying that you're going to submit and that you're going to hand your life over to me, that the enemy is going to try to come in and that the enemy is going to try to plant those seeds and the enemy is going to try to water those seeds and, and, and get you to move away, to step back, to turn around, to go back to what you used to do, how you used to behave, how you used to talk, how you used to walk. Hallelujah. And so God wants us to know the cost because that's the enemy's agenda from the very beginning is to get us to turn away. It's to get us to turn away from who God is. And that's when it talks about the ridicule. The ridicule. That's when it talks about the people there laughing. And I just, and when I think about it now, as I was reading, I said, this walk, Jesus' walk was for us. He walked the walk he did for us because the ultimate goal was for him to die on the cross for us to be resurrected for our sins. And I think about my walk and I say, my walk is not just for me anymore. My walk is someone else is looking at my walk. And if I stop because of the suffering, if I stop because of the persecution gets too hard, then who who else has I affected and they stop? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because that's what the enemy, the enemy wants you to stop. And then whoever is watching you and holding for them to stop. And it's a trickling effect. Hallelujah. And so God wants us to come to a place that we know that the suffering is going to be hard. We know that the persecution is going to be hard. We know that just the day-to-day things that we can't control because it's sin in this world. We know that. But God wants us to hold on to who he is and what he has done. And just now also what he has done, just basically who he is. And that he's God and God alone. Amen. Amen. And then it mentions about the battle and it talks about war. And so as I was reading those scriptures, I think about that it talked about one king who had 10,000 men opposed to the other who had 20,000. And because of our pride, hallelujah, and our arrogance, we, some of us are, we just very much go to war knowing that we're going to that we're going to lose. And that's what I'm saying. It's like we fight against God knowing that we, we fight against when he's pulling and he's tugging and he's telling us to come and lay all that stuff down and give it to me. And, and you know, and I will, and, and it'll be better, but we fight against him. Hallelujah. Knowing. Hallelujah. Knowing that we are going to lose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then it's when the war, the battle takes place. The flesh and the spirit are constantly at war. The flesh wants what it wants. It doesn't want to submit to a new a master. It wants to do what it likes and feels what is pleasing. Hallelujah. But I remember just that time that when God had called me to follow Pastor Johnson to Lake Park. And I talked about that it wasn't. Pastor Johnson itself, it was God calling me, and it was the it was the flesh, and it was the spirit fighting back because the flesh wanted to stay in what was comfortable. The flesh wants to stay in what feels good. The flesh wants to stay in what's just what seems right and doesn't want to be challenged. Hallelujah! But as I see with the obedience, God is just calling us to be obedient. Hallelujah! He's just calling for us to be obedient. He's just calling for us to be obedient. Hallelujah on today. And I see with my obedience that even though I still had to walk through a season of uncomfortableness, but he was bringing me to the very place 
that he desired for me to be. And so, and we fight against it. We fight against that so much of what God is wanting us, where he's trying to take us. And we think holding on to what we have is so much better. And as I'm talking, I think about the post that Sister Chanel put in the group when it has the teddy bear behind it. And it's, and we trying to hold on to that small teddy bear and God is trying to give us something so much bigger. And it's not even all about the material things. It's the peace that he's trying to give us, the joy that he's trying to give us, the happiness that he's trying to give us. And we fight against that so much. We fight against it. Hallelujah. And so God asked me after I began to go through those verses, he asked me, is it worth it, Tony? Hallelujah. Is it worth it being a disciple? Hallelujah. Is it worth it being a minister? Is it worth it being used by me? Hallelujah. Is it worth it being going through the suffering? Hallelujah. And the persecution that comes with it. Is it worth giving up myself, not knowing what's going to happen next, but putting my trust into the man who has always been proven right? Hallelujah. Is it worth it? And I thank God for who he is because he took me back to Psalms 22. Because at times when I ask that question, is it worth it? At times I'll be like, God, you don't know how I'm feeling. Hallelujah. You don't know what this pain feels like. Hallelujah. You don't know what I'm going through. And it's like, could you just come and save me? Could you just come and save me? And he took me back to Psalm 22. And this song carries us from suffering to great joy. Hallelujah. That even though in my suffering for being a disciple of Christ, even though in my pain, even though with the persecution, that I can still find joy in it. Hallelujah. In these scriptures, David is, David is calling out to God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Hallelujah. Jesus also cried to God in Matthew 27, 46, saying, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabbathani. Meaning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God reminded me that I won't endure in this suffering alone. God reminded me that he suffered, that he sent Jesus, and that Jesus endured in the same suffering. Hallelujah. That God reminded me that Jesus carried his cross, um, that Jesus carried his cross, so therefore that I can carry my cross. I'm reminded of the nails that pierces his hand. I'm reminded of the, the nails that pierced his feet. That that shows that love. So whatever the cost that I have to pay is nothing compared to what Jesus has done for me. Hallelujah. I follow Jesus because he loves me. Despite of my jacked up, broken life, that he loves me. So when he asks me, is it worth it? Hallelujah. I tell them that it's worth it. Hallelujah. Because again, if I don't follow Jesus, then who am I following? Hallelujah. If you don't follow Jesus, who is you? Who are you following? Again, if you're, you're going to suffer, you're going to suffer either way. So you're going to suffer with God or you're going to suffer with me like what, what in the world. Hallelujah. As I evaluate the cost, because we in our, are in the world. We are going to endure the trials and the tribulations. But would you rather do, endure them with Jesus or without Jesus? The world carries nothing about us. The world 
could not give me the peace when my father passed away. Hallelujah. The world cannot give me the strength on the very next day that I woke up and I had to, and I went and I served those people. The world can't do that for me. The world could not give me, uh, the world could not sit me down and teach a Tuesday and talk to the 12-year-old girls, I, even though I was 27 at that table. But it was a 12-year-old girl that the world was talking to that was healing me on the inside. Hallelujah. The world can't do that for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The world can't heal. Hallelujah. Those areas in my life that I need healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The world cannot give me the peace. Hallelujah. The joy, the forgiveness that Jesus can. Hallelujah. No one can offer it. Cannot offer me what Jesus can. Not my husband, not my family, not money, not clothes, not a house, not a career. So is it worth it? Yes. Hallelujah. It's worth it. Hallelujah. It's worth following Jesus. It's worth giving up my life. It's worth submitting to him, allowing him to have all control. Even when I don't understand it, even when I doubt him, even when I question him, it's still worth it. Hallelujah. Because I know he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I know that what he's what he is doing, what he, he has done, is all for him to get the glory. Hallelujah. Is it worth it? Hallelujah. Is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. Because God is not calling for us to be perfect. Hallelujah. He's just calling for us to be obedient. Hallelujah. He's just calling for us to be disciplined. He's just calling for us to live this life that is that will be pleasing to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the cost of the discipleship, the, the cost of discipleship, hallelujah, is worth all day. Is no one else I would rather follow Amen. than Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, and I praise you, Lord God, just for giving me the word. Hallelujah. And showing me who you are and showing me how regardless of what these circumstances or what the life throws at me, that you still love me, that you still care for me, Lord, that you've endured the pain, that you understand exactly what I go through. Hallelujah. Is it worth it? Amen. Amen. Amen.